opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, good evening everyone and welcome to the April uh, training, leadership training for the Burl Colley Leadership Institute. And we thank all of you for coming because we know there are some other things going on in the community tonight and then you could be there, but you chose to come here and we thank you for that. So tonight we are honored to have um, Lee Nasahi from Vision Serve Alliance. Uh, he's a good friend of ACB. She is uh, on our, um, oh, uh, whatever that committee is. <laughs> Advisory. <laughs> Advisory. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> um, so, uh, but tonight we're, our topic is going to be, you know, those meetings that we all attend many of, or many of us attend many of. And so we're going to try to learn how to be more efficient. And I'm going to turn it right over to Lee because we're a little late getting started and thank all of you for your patience. So Lee, thank you very much for giving up your time and it is your time to tell us how to run a meeting. Great. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. This is actually one of my pet peeves and uh, something that if I can help spread some some tips on how to have more effective meetings, maybe one day it will help me when I'm in a meeting with some of you all. <laughs> so I so we're gonna I want to help you learn how to create, facilitate, and manage great meetings. But before we go there, I want you to share with me a few things that you really hate about bad meetings that are done badly what what are some of the things that you really dislike about meetings that aren't run well and if you raise your hand sheila will call on you would you like me to tell them how to do that not that they really need to be told <laughs> oh yeah well some people may so i do see one hand but yeah maybe it's, it's all fine. right so to raise your hand on the pc is alt y you will not be able to unmute till i give you permission to talk on a Mac, it's option Y. On a um, iPhone or smart device, it should be on your screen. And on a regular keypad, it is star nine. So, Roberta, you may unmute. Alt A if you're on the computer. There you go. Hi there. I'm Hi, Roberta. Little, I have some pet peeves. Good. <laughs> um, um, one of them is when a topic has been decided and people continue to talk about it and the person in charge does not say anything to say, let's, okay, move on. We've, we've, we're done with that. Let's move on. Yeah, that's called know, piling on. Definitely one of my oh, pet peeves okay. too, Roberta. Love that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Lynn, you may unmute. Lynn, you can unmute, dear. Hi, I'm sorry. My pet peeve, and this happened a couple of weeks ago at a, group, at a facilitated group I lead, is somebody who argued with me uh, and 
that was really disruptive and very uncomfortable. So when people argue, and I, I totally agree with what Roberta said, that I was going to say that too. And one of the things that really bugs me is that when people uh, don't like what you're saying and they start to um, basically be very um, obstreperous, that's my pet peeve. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that, Lynn. Yeah. Not cool. Bad behavior. Nelda, you may unmute. Hi, everyone. Um, one of my pet peeves is I believe a, a well-run meeting starts with a well-thought-out agenda. And if the agenda isn't uh, well-prepared, uh, the meeting kind of wanders. And uh, that's, that's one of my pet peeves. Ooh, amen to that. No agenda, no meeting in my town. Very good. Anybody else? Yes, somebody with a 636 area code. You may unmute. Yes, this is Beverly. And uh, one of the pet peeves I have, have is when someone just jumps in uh, and starts talking without being recognized first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important to take turns and be able to be everyone be heard. Thank you. Jamaica, you may unmute. My, <clears throat> my pet peeve is that um, when, when, we're, when we're trying to have our meetings, we've been having difficulty figuring out what our, what our, what our code is to get, to get into our meetings. So that has been a pet peeve of mine of not being not knowing where we're supposed to have our meetings so that's okay noted pass that on to the, the facilitator so thank you very much well so those are all great examples of things that uh we we don't want to happen we'd like to try to avoid so I, i'm going to move forward and give you some suggestions some tactics for um, ways to run meetings that, that maybe will help that. And this is all based on what's known as the level 10 meeting. And that level 10 meeting comes out of a management system called EOS, or the Entrepreneurial Operating System, that the ACB leadership team is going through. I'm helping implement that with them. And it's something that I'm trained in as a facilitator. Um, and I first went through that when I was the CEO of Lighthouse Central Florida. And now I use this meeting tactic for just about everything I do. And it's, it's really um, been transformative for us to have more effective meetings. So um, as I said when we opened, I want to help you create, facilitate, and manage great meetings. So what does that mean? I'm going to define it as meaning five things. Meetings that people won't mind being a part of, that will help get your group all on the same page quickly, that will enable your group to make decisions and solve issues once and for all, will leave you with clearly articulated next steps, 
and finally will help maintain friendships so you won't get mad at each other in these meetings. So those five things will result if you, you follow some of this. So here's the basics that I find important for having an, an efficient and an effective meeting. So first of all, it's important to choose and stick to regular meeting times, preferably the same time and, and day every week or bi-weekly or monthly. I think you guys have that down pat. You know that that's important. Here's the next thing. Start on time and end on time. No exceptions. If people are late and this is going to happen, it's okay. They can catch up. But start on time and maybe even more important is ending on time. It's not fair to people when the meetings drag on and on and on. So that's also important. Then I'm going to recommend that you use the same agenda. The content will be a little bit different. We'll come back to that. Somebody, uh, one of the, the callers talked about having an agenda. Absolutely, you have to have an agenda. I'm going to go one step further and suggest you use the same structure or format for an agenda so people will become familiar with it and it will help you get things done. Number four, I think it's important to assign roles in each meeting. So I would recommend on top of what you're doing already for your, um, your community events that you always have a facilitator. I think you, you do that. But I'd also like you to have a timekeeper and a recorder, somebody who's taking notes. And I recommend that if you've got a committee, a regular group meeting, that you rotate who's serving in those roles so everybody gets a turn and everybody gets to practice doing each of those roles and gets good at it. And finally, that you establish and commit to ground rules and hold each other accountable to these. Things like only one person talking at a time, respecting the agenda, time allotments, etc. So, you know, the first time you get together, or if you haven't done it yet, take a few minutes at your next meeting, establish, don't take the whole meeting to do it, establish a few ground rules, get agreement, and stick to those. Hold each other accountable. So those are the basics. Now I'm going to move into what does the agenda of a level 10 meeting look like. And uh, let me let me stop here and say explain what level 10 means. Um, one of the things you're going to do in each of your meetings, if you follow this format, at the end, you're going to rate the meeting from 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. So you're always striving for having a perfect meeting, which would be a level 10 meeting. So what does that look like? Well, um, if the meeting is an hour and a half, and for this discussion, we're going to assume 90 minutes. It can be adjusted to the amount of time that you have. But the typical level 10 meeting is 90 minutes. You start with what we call segues. These are simple, positive, personal comments that help establish how the participant is feeling. And, um, you know, it depends on how many people you have in that meeting. 
if you have 50 people, you really have a difficult time with segues. And um, I'm, I'm going to assume for the purposes of this discussion that it's a smaller meeting, that you have maybe not more than 15 people, and then you can have these short segues, 30 to 60 seconds each. Um, I think it's important to do that at the beginning of the meeting just to kind of establish how people are feeling and get to know each other, especially if you've got important decisions to make, if the group doesn't know each other. Um, even if you know each other, but you haven't talked to each other for a while, I think it's important to do that. So simple, positive, personal comments, we call those segues. And we'd like to spend not more than five minutes total on sharing the segues. The next agenda item is going through a scorecard. Now, you may have most groups that don't have a scorecard. That's okay. This is usually done in um, leadership team meetings or management team meetings. But I'll, I'll say that a scorecard could be a list of uh, metrics any kind of scores you're keeping for what a group's working on. So if you're a committee planning an event, perhaps you're selling tickets, you're raising money, you're keeping track of something, right? This would be the opportunity to report that. And you're only sharing very basic details where you are on that because you don't want to spend, again, more than five minutes reporting on that. The next agenda item is in EOS language referred to as rocks or objectives. And these are generally quarterly objectives. Again, this may or may not apply to your committee or the group that's meeting. So you can adjust it. Do you have specific tasks or goals that you're working towards? This is where you would report on those. And again, just very simple. Are you on track or off track? And if you're off track, if it needs to be discussed, it gets pushed to another part of the agenda, which I'll get to in a moment. The next item on the agenda is headlines. This is an opportunity to share news or update each other. Again, it's meant to be done quickly, not more than five minutes. So we don't want to get in a big discussion of it, just hey, did you hear blah, blah, blah is in charge of something? This happened. This is the time to just share those kind of headlines. That's important to that particular group meeting. Again, only five minutes. Next item on the agenda is reviewing your to-do list. Now, the to-do list is a list of items that were identified as to-dos from your last meeting of that particular group. It's not everything everybody has to do. Just what was determined as a to-do for this committee or this group. It's recorded, and when you get back together the next time, you run through it. Were those things done or not? And if they weren't, is it an issue that needs to be discussed? And if so, it goes to that issues list. All of the things that I just told you, segues, scorecard or metrics, objectives, headlines, and to-do lists, they all take five minutes or less to go through with your meeting. 
so that you can spend the lion's share of your time together on the next item, which is known as IDS. And that stands for Identify, Discuss, and Solve. Issues. Issues can be positive things too. They could be opportunities. They could also be obstacles. And um, it seems that the most effective way for us to solve these as a group is to group them together in this issues section. We have a list of issues and I'm going to go through how we how we do that. But you spend at 60 minutes in a 90 minute meeting, you would spend 60 minutes doing this. And then the last thing is you conclude. And every meeting, you recap the to-dos that came out of this meeting. Anytime a to-do is discussed through the IDS, you have a recorder who's capturing that. So you're going to recap that at the end of the meeting. So everybody knows what those to-dos are, who's responsible for doing them, when they're due. You want to get as clear as possible on the to-dos. If you just talk about them and nobody records them, they're not clear, then what happens? Everybody leaves the meeting and you don't know who's on first and what they're supposed to do and people start calling or emailing each other after, wait, what did that person say? What are we doing? So you want to get just as clear as possible in that to-do list and share that before you get off the meeting. And then I want you to rate the meeting from 1 to 10. Every meeting's a 10 unless you have a specific constructive criticism for what could have made it better, and you're going to share that. And you're going to share that in the spirit of that group having a better meeting the next time. Not to be mean or snarky, but this is, how I, this is why I think the meeting could have been better. We weren't prepared. We didn't start on time. We didn't end on time. Those sorts of things. It's fair, and hopefully everyone in the group has already committed to accepting this in the spirit that it's meant to get better. And, and then the last thing you do before you get off the meeting, you end that meeting, is you affirm your next meeting. When and where, what time. That is what the standard agenda looks like. I'm going to take questions about all of that, but just please note if you have any specific questions because I want to talk about the big section of this agenda that I called IDS, Identify, Discuss, and Solve. Because this is what groups need to learn how to do to really be able to move forward, to make decisions, to solve issues. That's why we meet, right? To, to, to solve problems, to solve issues, to decide how to handle an opportunity. So the better you get at this, the better you're going to get, you're going to be at getting things accomplished. So the first thing is to create the list of issues you're going to discuss. And then you're going to prioritize the three most important issues. Just three. Don't try to make a master list of 20 things and prioritize all 20. It'll take you the whole meeting to do that and you won't have any time to discuss any of it. Just pick the three most important ones 
and work towards solving them. If you do solve three, then you can go back to the list and pick another three. So the first thing you do is the identify piece. So this means you want one person and just one person to identify the issue. Describe it as best possible, the facts, really the facts, not opinion, the facts. And if at all possible, try to get to the root of the issue. What's really going on here? Others in the group respectfully, one at a time, take turns asking clarifying questions if it's not clear. Only when it feels clear do you then move on to the second part, which is discuss. They're going to discuss it, moving towards possible ways to address it. And the most important thing here is to resist tangents, going down rabbit holes, and arguing with each other. You're seeking to understand the issue and make suggestions of how it might be handled. And whenever somebody starts to go down a, ta go down a rabbit hole or, or uh, takes a tangent, um, in a respectful way, the group should notice that and say something like, tangent alert, let's get back on track, because we all know how much time it, it can take away from solving when our, our well-meaning well members take us down those different uh, avenues. Once it's been discussed, seeking first to understand and then to be understood, you want to move to solve. And I'd say it's, it's a subjective call. At first it's going to be, feel wonky, but you practice it enough, you're going to know when it's time to move to solve. And do that as soon as possible. Don't beat a dead horse. When the group is ready, suggest potential solves. Be sure the group is clear on the solve once you decide it. I record it in our meetings because once a decision's made, you're asking the group to stick with that. That's what you're going to do. You're going to move forward. And some of the issues you discuss may be complicated, so make sure the group gets it. Once it is solved, move on. Somebody brought that up as a pet peeve. There's no need to pile on and keep talking about it. Good. We've got to solve. We've got it recorded. Let's move on. So in the book that presents all of this information, EOS Traction, in this section on solving issues, um, there's a rather lively discussion. Um, the, the author of that book is Gina Wickman. I highly recommend it. It, it, it is on audio and there's a, it's chock full of ideas, but if you read it, you know, take it one section at a time. I think you can find it very beneficial. He mentions that there's something like a hundred problems that all companies discuss over and over and over again. You know, basically the same problem that we cannot figure out how to resolve, and it just, it can suck the life out of organizations. So um, I'm sure that doesn't happen at ACB and in, in any of the groups that you're working. But if it does, some of these things could help you move forward. And one of the sections of the book, he talks about 
the Ten Commandments of Solving Issues. I really love these. And I will uh, send for you a copy of all of the material on this particular section on, um, that will go into your, your leadership uh, resources. But I'm just going to mention some of them briefly. So the first one is, Thou shalt not rule by consensus. Now, that might be heresy for some groups. Maybe that is your decision that you, you only make a decision if you have 100% agreement. It's pretty hard to do. Usually you'll get 8 out of, out of 10 who are in agreement. But if you really have to have all 10, boy, that can take a long time. So um, hopefully you have a process to, to uh, resolve that if you don't have consensus and you feel like you need it. We don't rule by consensus at VisionServe. It's more of a majority rule. The second one is, Thou shalt not be a weenie. And this sounds funny, but some decisions that need to be made are, are pretty easy. You know what you need to do, but they're actually hard to implement because they're a little bit scary or uncomfortable. But groups need to have uh, courage uh, to do the right thing. The third commandment is thou shalt be decisive. The worst thing you can do is not make a decision. So you might make the wrong decision, but I, I'd say go for it because just leaving something hanging out there for, for weeks, for months, you know how debilitating that can be. So thou shalt be decisive. Number four, thou shalt not rely on secondhand information. This is, can be really, um, really devastating for, for groups that include secondhand information and get it wrong. Really, if the group doesn't have enough information to make a decision, uh, you're better off tabling it and saying, being very clear about what information do we need to get, who do we need to talk to, where, where, what are the real sources of information, Wait till you have that and then come back and try to finish resolving that issue. Number five is thou shalt fight for the greater good. So the decision should be something that's going to lift up your particular committee, group, event, whatever it is that you're working towards. Not, you're not there to meet individual needs. You're there for the greater good. Number six Thou shalt not try to solve them all. Um, yeah, you don't have to, like I said, create a master list and, and strive to solve all of them in one meeting. Um, I would recommend that you keep this issues list, get what you can, get through what you can in one meeting and come back to it the next time. Number seven, thou shalt live with it, end it, or change it. Those are the choices. So if there is something that is driving everybody crazy is an issue, you either need to learn to live with it. If you're not going to end it or change it, then you need to live with it and stop talking about it. Stop complaining about it. Stop spending committee time talking about it, right? It'll suck the energy out of you. So those are the three choices. Recognize it and pick one of them. Number eight, thou shalt choose 
short-term pain and suffering. Some of the solutions require a period of pain and suffering to make the transition and go through, but it results in long-term gain and results. Number nine, thou shalt enter the danger. Sometimes you have to go to the danger zone uh, to get something solved. And finally, thou shalt take a shot, meaning you're never going to get it perfect 100% of the time, but take a shot, try something, take a risk. If most of the group feels like this is the way to go, try it, and you might be pleasantly surprised. And if not, what do you do? You say sorry, and you try another way. So those are the Ten Commandments of Solving Issues, and I think they're important parts of that IDS section of the agenda. So I've given you a lot of information. I'm going to um, be quiet now and open it up for comments and questions and clarification. Okay, so if anybody has any questions. All right. Doug, you may unmute. Hi, Lee. This is Doug Powell. Hi, Doug. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well, too. Thank you. Good. Thank you. This is great. Um, so when when you've gone through the IDS on a particular issue, does it... Um, does that include, as part of the solution, does that include perhaps rocks or to-dos for the next meeting? Yeah, usually it includes to-dos. I'm not sure if it would include objectives. That's slightly different. But um, usually it does include to-dos. So that's exactly right. As to-dos come out of your discussions, you want somebody recording those so that you can hold each other accountable for moving forward. Thanks for the question. Sure. Can I, can I throw in another one, or do we have a long list of people? No, you're, you're good, Doug. Go ahead. Up? So another question I have, I, and I think this sort of gets to the heart of the problems that I know happens quite a bit in my meetings and uh, may happen in other meetings. We come up with a solution. We have, you know, we, we know what we want to do, but nobody's stands forth and, and, you know, it's not a corporate thing where you can, right. uh, say, you know, the director of development ought to be doing this and the director mm -hmm. of advocacy ought to be doing that. We got a bunch of volunteers yeah, and nobody stands up and says, this is, I'll take this on as my responsibility. What, how do, how do you, how do you move forward with that? Yeah. Well, it's a lot tougher. You're right. Um, but I do work with a lot of volunteer groups myself and, um, I guess one thing is I I would spend a, as much time as possible in the front of this trying to create that culture and commitment from the group that this is what we're here for and we need you, if you're going to participate in this, we're expecting you to work and roll up your sleeves and agree to do things, not, not just share your opinions. Um, I, I'm a pretty tough facilitator with with my groups, but it, meaning that I'll I'll hold us accountable and I won't leave it until someone has volunteered to take on the responsibility. Does it still doesn't mean it's going to get done? But if no one's in charge of it, it's just not. Or if everyone's in charge of it, 
which is equally as dangerous. It's not yes. going to get done. So, um, yeah, it's a challenge. It is, is more of a challenge working with volunteers. But spend the time, I guess my strongest advice is spend the time on the front to make sure that the, the group you're working with is really invested and committed to this. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Grant, you may unmute. Grant, you're unmuted. Hello, uh, thank you for this call. It's been very helpful. The one question I have, I would appreciate it if you would repeat uh, where the book on this can be gotten and mm -hmm. the author and so forth. That would be yes. helpful. Also, is this uh, material available on BARD? Does anybody know? This is Donna. Um, I am pretty sure it is. I do not know the, the, the uh, DB number. But I will try to find it, and I'm sure Cindy will at someday. I, I'm not sure about tomorrow, but someday we'll include it, like on the community call list, or, or some. And I can put it out on ACB conversation and things like that. With okay, the, thank, the you. thank you. Number. I, I'm hoping it's also available somewhere in BRF because I myself, <laughs> I'm not right. a real good audio person. And there's certain things I like to refer back to in Braille. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I'm going to check that too before I put it. And, and if I find it, I'll just put it all out. You know, oh, that'd all the be different great. Formats. And right. I'll just Thank mention you. the name of the book and the author again. So it's called Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business is the subtitle. And the author is Gino, G-I-N-O, Wickman. And the book's been around a long time. I know it's in avail it's, it is available in, in um, accessible formats because the the full leadership team of ACB has read it. Yeah, is that Wickman um, W I C K M A N or it, W H? Okay, there's no H in it. Okay. W I C K. Uh, yeah. You never know sometimes. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, um, 636 ending in 947, you may unmute. And I apologize, yes. I don't remember your name. So. Oh, I'm 636. <laughs> <laughs> it's Beverly. And I appreciate this. This is uh, wonderful information. But I have two questions. How soon should a, an agenda be sent out prior to the meeting? And um, as far as someone volunteering for a position, you know, to do a job, what do you do if you know they're not very qualified for that? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. without hurting anybody's feelings. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's some group dynamics involved here, and and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have to play it by ear a little bit. I really do encourage rotating the roles so that folks can get better at it. But at least the first few times you do this, I would select people who you think are going to be the best at it mm -hmm. and, and really help keep the meeting on track because you want to have, a, you know, you want to have some good experiences under your belt and then you can start bringing the rest of the folks into that mm -hmm. process 
Um, so this agenda that I just shared with you, which is the level 10 agenda, and and um, that's what I understood you wanted to, to hear about, um, you don't you don't really need to do anything in advance. This is the agenda you're going to use all the time. The preparation is, have you worked on your to-dos? Do you have any issues you want to bring to the meeting? That, that would be the preparation that you do, and then you share that when you get to that section. Now, there are, of course, other types of agendas. If, if you're meeting with a group that's not a regular group, that it's a, a particular special issue, um, that some of the, the topics that you're going to discuss need to be on an agenda published, shared, however you want to say mm-hmm. it, in advance, mm-hmm. um, I think at, at least a week. And I, I scramble sometimes to get my agendas out because life is, things are changing so quickly. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's fair to give people an agenda um, that's not a standard agenda like the L10 uh, without a week's notice to read it and digest it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Danette. Hello. So the, the name in that book, Getting a Grip on what? Sorry. Well, yeah, the real name is Traction, and that's all you have to remember, Traction. The okay. subtitle is Get a Grip on Your Business. So okay. let me just mention this book was written uh, for businesses, but the principles apply to all kinds of organizations. So don't mm-hmm. let that throw you off. Don't let okay. you feel like uh, it, it doesn't fit. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jamaica. Hello, this is Jamaica again, and I have a quick question about the um, about a um, about uh, whether or not we can discuss about the about 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 our about our bank account in the issue issues area or does that need to be a whole different a whole different topic? are you talking about your committee's bank no. account or, or, or like the, maybe your your chapter is, is that what you're yeah. referring to uh-huh. okay yes oh yes. i would think that that would be a part of your scorecard absolutely i i i'm not making the rules for your chapter so i may be out of turn here but i think uh those kinds of fiduciary discussions absolutely should be part of the agenda. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. All right, Lynn, you may unmute. Okay, um, one yeah, of the things go. I want to know is um, I used to when I was the president in Alaska. I used to send out agendas beforehand. Should people do that so that people can get a handle on what the agenda will be? And you say it should always be the same. Um, I'm like, I always, always had the president's report or the, or the treasurer or you know minutes or stuff like that. H- how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I think that having um, a, a regular agenda, whether it's exactly the L10 one that I shared with you or your own, where you have a president's report, a treasury's report, I, I think that helps get you through the meeting. Now, some of the 
the advantages of the L10 or level 10 type agenda that I shared with you, let me call out what those are. We spend very little time on just reporting because you can send reports via email. When you have people together donating their precious time, you want the lion's share of that time together to be spent on generative conversation, discussion, decision-making, in my humble opinion. You can share reports via email. So the, if you have those regular agendas that include those kinds of things, information that needs to be shared, that's great. Send it out in advance. Spend five minutes or less on each of those agenda items and make sure you have room on the agenda, a significant, the most significant part of that time to be spent on issues that you need to discuss and solve, make decisions, right? Does that make sense? I think she muted. She must have muted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. And I didn't mute her. So. <laughs> yeah. But so, I, I'll just say once again, Lynn, I do think it's important to send it out. And if, if there's information, like reporting information that you're sharing with your committee, it will facilitate you spending the least amount of time on that necessary by sending that stuff out in advance and having it be part of your committee or chapter or group's culture to read that in advance and come prepared so you don't spend a lot of time on that stuff. I hope that makes sense. We don't have any other hands raised at this time. But I have a question. Since Great. I'm a panelist, I'll say this is Donna. <laughs> so um, as, as a note taker, uh, some <laughs> I often am the note taker for some of the mm -hmm. committees I'm on, which which is fine. I I, I I don't mind doing it. But um I usually try to send notes out a day or the the notes from the meeting out to the email list the a day or two after the meeting. Yeah, uh, would so you possibly. highly recommend that, that I continue to do that? <laughs> as, absolutely as soon as possible. Yeah. Um my my opinion on notes is that um, you really only need to capture action items. Right. Um, you don't, you certainly don't need to capture all the discussion. You can say a discussion was had about blah, 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 but you don't need to include that. Less is more, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I agree. Good. Yeah, and share <laughs> it as, as, soon as, as soon as possible. And again, the culture of your committee, your chapter, your group is hopefully that you know, somebody's sending to you right away, hopefully you're going to read them right away because there might be a to-do in right. there for you. And so you want to know about that right away so you can start working on it. Uh, another, I guess, question, or I'm not sure what it is, but anyway. <laughs> um, so there's a, a committee or two that I chair as well. And um, the there's a couple of people that are, you know, always very willing to take notes. Um but there was a time or two when I knew those people weren't going to either be able to be there or for various reasons, not able to take notes that particular day. 
And I, I wished I would have maybe put it out on the list when I put the Zoom information and stuff for the meeting that I, I need someone to volunteer for a note taker. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't do that. And sometimes people aren't prepared to take mm-hmm. notes. Um, so I made a, as much of uh, the best effort I could to take notes and facilitate. And, and I, I hope I never have to do that again. Oh, that's really hard. I've been in that position myself a few times, Donna, and it's really hard. Um, I, I do record the meeting and then go back and listen to it or, or read the transcription and try. So, you know, I make sure I don't miss anything, but that's, um, that double duty is really almost impossible to do well. We have any other hands? some volunteers. Yeah. (laughs) Any other hands there, Sheila? No, ma'am. Not yet. Oh, guys, now's your, now's your chance to. We have a couple of minutes yet. Well, must have covered it well. Yeah. Oh, Zelda. All right, Zelda. <laughs> you may unmute. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I re, I'm a repeat offender here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. But with the, the level 10 meetings, um, it's it's almost critical that you have a strategic plan and you have quarterly um, goals or rocks to to um, to lead you, right? Right. Well, that this L ten meeting is part of a whole system that includes those things that you just mentioned. It includes having uh, in EOS speak, they talk about a vision traction organizer, which is a simple two-page strategic plan, and and it does include quarterly objectives or rocks. Um, so that this specific agenda facilitates that whole system, but I think it's pretty easy to adjust the principles of an L10, even if you don't have those things, and and make a standing agenda that minimizes the amount of time you spend on just straight out reporting. Do report the important things, get everybody on the same page, but then assure you reserve the greatest amount of time in that meeting for your generative discussions. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I, I wanted to, to throw out there is um, when we have meetings that are open to our membership, not just our board, um, and we want them to to be informed, you know, mm-hmm. if they so desire to be informed, um, it's somehow difficult to do that and keep them on board and um, without sharing those reports. Um, like you said, they can be sent to the board very easily ahead of time and and have um, but to get them out into the entire entire membership in the format, um, you know, that they can receive them in, um, is is a challenge. Um, it is a challenge, yeah. And uh, we have a, a couple of groups that I facilitate in Vision Serve Alliance that is not quite as extensive as ACB's membership, but they're large groups, and so we wrestle with that too. What and and I. You know, I just, I always believe that less is more. Um, you got to get it right. But what are the most important strategies, tactics, principles, um, 
goals, progress, those things that it matters to engage our members. They want to know what we're working on. They may want to become involved by knowing this information. I, I try to boil it down to that and make sure that they really get that information and, and then always offer the opportunity if there are a few out there that want more details to let us know. Would it, would it be helpful in some instances just to condense that in and give an overview rather yes. than the whole detailed report uh, that you've provided to your board members, but just, oh, absolutely. you know, I, verbally, yeah, verbally yeah. just give a, a, a brief overview. So they, they know they're clued in as to what you're basing your decisions and such on, but um, they don't have to, you know, be drugged down by the details. Absolutely. I, we don't share that level of detail with everyone. I mean, the, the most people don't want to know that. Right. But it's just not possible to do it. It's too much. Mm -hmm. And you will, you, you talk about getting down some rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> it can be confusing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. All right, AC, the whole ACB of Oregon is here. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. This is Carrie, the president of ACB of Oregon. Hi, Carrie. <laughs> I, I either come in as myself or ACBO or something, a whole foundation. So who knows? <laughs> so, um, so I have a couple things. Um, one is in our chapter and in our, you know, state, we actually have like, a regular agenda that's actually in our bylaws. Okay, good. So, so, it, but it's strictly a basic, like, you know, committee reports, unfinished business, you know, it's a very traditional type um, agenda. Do you have ideas on how to make that work, trying to go to an L10 meeting? And along with that is, do you have suggestions on how to get buy-in if you wanted to move your meetings from that traditional format into something new, you know, change is really difficult with a lot of our members. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'd have to look at it and I'd be happy to talk with you about it, by the way, if you wanted to schedule some time with me to, so I, I could help you look at it. But I, what I would do first is look at the items and try to figure out how to facilitate the parts of it that are just reports in the least amount of time possible. So minimize the amount of time you're spending on straight out reports and maximize the agenda items that facilitate more decision making and you know discussion and decision making. Does your agenda, your, your standard agenda include the opportunity for discussion? Um, it does just like under new business or unfinished business. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it is, I, I get complaints all the time of people like, we're not, we're not getting the reports. And it's like, well, read your email. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, um, I think that's fair. And yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I've struggled with that with our members too. Um, you know, I just love it when we've sent out a particular information on a particular issue in no less than seven e-newsletters and seven special emails and then someone pops up i didn't get i didn't hear about that like, oh my god <laughs> how many times do you have to say it but um i i think again it comes 
and and I know this is e much easier for me to say than for it to be done but the leadership requires that you try to help create that culture and that understanding up front that this is how this is how it works guys because we because we respect everyone's time and we respect your ability to make meaningful uh, contributions to the way we move forward and make decisions we want to create meetings that give us the most time to do that and not just waste your time with reports because I can send that to you in an email <laughs> <laughs> and then when you come to the meeting we can talk about it what are your concerns what can we do about it so um, that you may need to spend I mean, can will your bylaws permit you having a special meeting just to talk about how you conduct meetings? I mean, maybe you need to Yeah, do we could do that. You know, mm -hmm. the other thing is I'll I'll just say when I took over when I took presidency, which I'm just starting my second two year term. So in twenty twenty I took on and one of the first things I realized was that, you know, members needed to learn how to participate in meetings. Right. You know, like not getting off trap. Oh, topic. yeah. You know, hey, you know what? You take notes and it, you know, you want to bring that up. That that goes under this and, right. you know, how to. So so I think a lot of it comes down to educating membership, mm -hmm. too, um, <clears throat> which which, you know, was, you know, it's worked because, you know, we have a lot more successful, a lot more productive meetings now. So. But that does take time. The whole change takes time. <laughs> it does. And yeah. I think it's it's respectful to have those conversations and explain to to those involved why you're doing it. There's a reason. You're not just doing it to change things mm -hmm. up. You're doing it to maximize your effectiveness so that you can make real change and improvements and accomplishments for your chapter. Sure. Thank you. That's all we've got, Donna and Lee. All right. Well, that was fun. I, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, Donna, I sent you one thing, and you know the book. And um, I, I do also have one little handout on those Ten Commandments of Solving Issues I'll send to you as well. Okay. Uh, so thank you so much, Lee. Um, thank you all for attending. Am I unmuted now? Sorry. Yes, ma'am. Yes, My, I was having trouble unmuting. Uh, thank everyone for attending. Oh, uh, hang on, to... Donna. Roberta has her hand raised. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roberta, you may unmute. Um, just a quick question. Yes, ma'am. Right, open. Ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering. Um, you're talking about places that's going to be information available and I'm not sure I understand where those locations are. Um, the, uh, I can put it on the ACB conversation list as Perfect. far as the book and, and that kind of thing. The um, documents that Lee mentioned, mm -hmm. um, all of the ACB committees uh, have a web page. Um, so the Burl Calling Leadership Training Institute has a web page. Uh, you can get to it from the ACB, acb.org webpage. I think it says 
committees or or committees and task forces or something. I'm not sure exactly what it says. I'd have to look. Um, However, we ourselves as committee chairs can't update those web pages. So we have to wait for somebody from ACB. We send them the information, they update it. So it's not going to be up there tomorrow. I can tell you that. Um, and and this group is with the I'm sorry, Burl Collie Leadership Training Institute. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, there might be a chance that when I know that our web page is, you know, pretty up to date. Perhaps maybe somebody would put it on the daily, uh, the you know list of the the daily um, community events. You know how at the bottom they put stuff on, so that yeah. might oh, be. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, okay. Again, that certainly won't be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Thank you so much. Good. So yeah. So in closing, and again, Lee, thank you so much for giving up your time to to share with us. It it was. I took a lot of notes. I'm going to tell you that. Um, My pleasure. I'll, um, in May, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a play on words here, but uh, put it on your calendars because we're going to be talking about how to use calendars. And that will be on May 12th. Our trainings are always the second Thursday of every month at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Um, and so we will, in May, learn how to use calendars, how to put events on calendars, how to share calendar information with other people uh, in preparation for hopefully being able to use the ACB convention calendar and stuff to help us uh, navigate through the ACB convention a little bit more efficiently. So again, thank you for coming. Thank you, Sheila, for hosting and Belinda for streaming.